Chapter 5 of In the Bishop's Carriage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Leanne Howlett. In the Bishop's Carriage by Miriam Michelson. Chapter 5. Do you remember Lady Patroness's day at the Cruelty Mag? Remember how the place smelt of cleaning ammonia on the bare floors? Remember the black dresses we all wore, and the white aprons with the little bibs, and the oily sweetness of the matron, and how our faces shone and tingled from the soap and the rubbing? Remember it all? Well, who'd have thought then that Nance Olden ever would make use of it? On the level, too. Drop the cruelty and tell you about the stage? Why, it's bare boards back there, bears the cruelty, but oh, there's something that you don't see, but you feel it something magic that makes you want to pinch yourself to be sure you're awake. I go round there just doped with it. My face, if you could see it, must look like Molly's kids when she is telling him fairy stories. I love it, Mag, I love it. And what do I do? That's what I was trying to tell you about the cruelty for. It's a little act that was made for Lady Grey, that there are four charity girls on the stage, and I'm one of them. Lady Grey? Why, Mag, how can you ever hope to get on if you don't know who's who? How can you expect me to associate with you if you're so ignorant? Yes, a real lady, as real as the wife of a lord can be. Lord Harold Gray's a sure enough lord, and she's his wife, but... But a chippy just the same. That's what she is, in spite of the gray emeralds and that great gray rose diamond she wears on the tiniest chain around her scraggy neck. Do you know, Mag Monahan, that this Lady Harold Gray was just a chorus girl, and a sweet chorus it must have been if she sang there, when she nabbed Lord Harold? You better keep your eye on Nancy Olden, or first thing you know she'll marry the Tsar of Russia, or Tom Dorgan, poor fellow, when he gets out. Well, just the same, Mag, if that white-faced, scrawny little creature can be a lady, a girl with ten times her brains and at least half a dozen times her good looks, Oh, we're not shy on the stage, Mag, about throwing bouquets at ourselves. Can she act? Don't be silly, Mag. Can't you see that Obermuller's just hiring her title and playing it in big letters on the bills for all it's worth? She acts the lady patroness, come to look at us charity girls. She comes on, though, looking like a fairy princess. Her dress is just blazing with diamonds. There's the lady's coronet in her hair. Her thin little arms are banded with gold and diamonds, and on her neck, oh, Mag, Mag, that rose diamond is the color of rose leaves in a fountain's jet through which the sun is shining. It's long, long as my thumb, I swear it is, Mag, nearly, and it blazes, oh, it blazes. Well, it blazes dollars into Obermuller's box, all right, for the gray jewels are advertised in the bill with this one at the head of the list, the star of them all. You see, it's this way. Lord Harold Gray's bankrupt. He's as poor as, as Nance Olden. Isn't that funny? But he's got the family jewels all right, to have as long as he lives. Nary a one can he sell, though, for after his death they go to the next Lord Gray. So he makes em make a living for em, and as they can't go on and exhibit themselves, Lady Gray sports em, and draws down two hundred dollars a week. Yep, two hundred. But do you know it isn't the two hundred dollars a week that makes me envier till I'm sick? It's that rose diamond. If you could only see it, Mag, you'd sympathize with me, and understand why my fingers just itched for it the first night I saw her come on. 
Upon my soul, Mag, the sight of it blazing on her neck dazzled me so that it shut out all the staring audience that first night, and I even forgot to have stage fright. "'What's doped you, Olden?' Obermuller asked when the curtain went down and we all hurried to the wings. I was in the black dress with the white-bibbed apron, and I looked up at him still dazed by the shine of that diamond and my longing for it. You'd almost kill with your own hands for a diamond like that, Mag. Doped? Why, what didn't I do? I asked him. That's just it, he said, looking at me curiously, but I could feel his disappointment in me. You didn't do anything, not a blasted thing more than you were told to do. The world's full of supers that can do that. For just a minute I forgot the diamond. Then, it's a mistake? You were wrong and, and I can't be an actress? He threw back his head before he answered, puffing a mouthful of smoke up at the ceiling, as he did the night he caught me. The gesture itself seemed to remind him of what had made him think in the first place he could make an actress of me, for he laughed down at me and I saw he remembered. Well, he said, we'll wait and see. I was mistaken, though, sure enough about one thing that night. I looked up at him. You're a darn sight prettier than I thought you were. The gold brick you sold me isn't all. He put out his hand to touch my chin. I sidestepped and he turned laughing to the stage. But he called after me. Is a beauty success going to content you, Olden? Well, we'll wait and see, I drawled back at him in his own throaty bass. Oh, I was drunk, Mag, drunk with thinking about that diamond. I didn't care even to please Obermuller. I just wanted the feel of that diamond in my hand. I wanted it lying on my own neck, the lovely, cool, shining, rosy thing. It's like the sunrise, Mag, that beauty stone. It's just a tiny pool of water blushing. It's... How to get it? how to get away with it. On what we'd get for that diamond, Tom and I, when his time is up, could live for all our lives and whoop it up besides. We could live in Paris, where great grafters live and grafting pays, where if you've got wit and fifty thousand dollars and happen to be a darn sight prettier, you can just spin the world around your little finger. But do you know, even then, I couldn't bear to think of selling the pretty thing. It hurt me to think of anybody having it but just Nance Olden but I hadn't got it yet. Gray has a dressing-room to herself, and on her table, which is a big box open and down, just where the three-sided big mirror can multiply the jewels and make you want them three times as bad, her big Russia-leather silver-mounted box lies open while she's dressing and undressing. Other times it's locked tight, and his lordship himself has it tight in his own right hand, or his lordship's man, Topham, has it just as tight how to get that diamond. There was a hard nut for Nance Olden's sharp teeth to crack. I only wanted that. Never say I'm greedy, Mag. Gray could keep all the rest of the things. The pigeon and rubies and pearls, the tiara all in diamonds, the chain of pearls and the blazing rings and the waist trimming all of emeralds and diamond stars. But that diamond, that huge rose diamond, I couldn't, I just couldn't let her have it and that I didn't know the first step to take toward getting it till Beryl Blackburn helped me out. She's one of the charities like me, a tall bleached blonde with a pretty pale face and gold-gray eyes, 
and if you'd believe her there's not a man in the audience afternoon or evening that isn't dead gone on her guess who's my latest she said to me this afternoon while we four charities stood in the wings waiting topham old topham it all got clear to me then in a minute topham nothing i sneered barrel big head topham thinks of only one thing milady's jewel box don't you fool yourself oh does he miss well just to prove it he let me try on the rose diamond last night there it's easy to say so but i don't see the proof he'd lose his job so quick it'd make his head spin if he did it not if he did but if they knew he did you'll not tell not me why would i i don't believe it and i wouldn't expect anybody else to i don't believe you could get topham to budge from his chair in gray's dressing-room if you'd what'll you bet i'll bet you the biggest box of chocolate creams at hyler's done i'll send for him to-night just before gray and her lord come and you see how'll i see where'll i be well you be waiting in the little hall right of gray's dressing-room at seven-thirty to-night and you might as well bring the creams with you catch on mag at seven-thirty in the evening i was waiting but not in the little hall of gray's dressing-room i hadn't gone home at all after the afternoon performance you know we play at three and again at eight-thirty i had just hidden me away till the rest were gone and as soon as the coast was clear i got into gray's dressing-room pushed aside the chintz curtains of the big box that makes her dressing-table, and waited. Lord, how the hours dragged! I hadn't had anything to eat since lunch, and it got darker and darker in there, and hot and close and cramped. I put in the time much as I could thinking of Tom. The very first thing I'd do after cashing in would be to get up to Sing Sing to see him. I'm crazy to see him. I'd tell him the news and see if he couldn't bribe a guard or plan some scheme with me to get out soon afraid me what of if they found me under that box i'd just give em the barrel story about the bet how do you know they wouldn't believe it oh i don't care you've got to take chances mag monahan if you go in for big things and this was big huge do you know how much that diamond's worth and do you know how to spend fifty thousand i spent it all there in the box every penny of it when i got tired spending money i dozed a bit and in my dreams spent it over again and then i waked and tried to fancy new ways of getting rid of it but my head ached and my back ached and my whole body was so strained and cramped that i was on the point of giving it all up when that blessed old topham came in he set the big box down with a bang that nearly cracked my head he turned on the lights and stood whistling tommy atkins and then suddenly there came a soft call topham topham i leaned back and bit my fingers till i knew i wouldn't shriek the englishman listened a minute then the call came again and topham creaked to the door and out in a twinkling i was out too you bet mag he hadn't opened the box at all there it stood in the middle of the space framed by the three glasses i pulled at the lid locked i could have screamed with rage but the sound of his step outside the door sobered me he was coming back. In a frantic hurry I turned toward the window which I had unlocked when I came in four hours ago, but I hadn't time to make it. I heard the old fellow's hand on the door, and I tumbled back into the box in such a rush that the curtains were still waving when he came in. 
Slowly he began to place the jewels, one by one, in the order her ladyship puts them on. We charity girls had often watched him from the door. He never let one of us put a foot inside. He was method and order itself. He never changed the order in which he lifted the glittering things out, nor the places he put them back in. I put my hand up against the top of the box, tracing the spot where each piece would be lying. Think, Mag, just half an inch between me and quarter of a million. Oh, I was sore as I lay there, and I wasn't so cocksure either that I'd get out of it straight. I tried the barrel story lots of ways on myself, but somehow, every time I fancied myself telling it to Obermuller, it got tangled up and lay dumb and heavy inside of me. But at least it would be better to appear of my own will before the old Englishman than be discovered by Lord Grey and his lady. I had my fingers on the curtains, and in another second I'd been out when— "'Miss Beryl Blackburn's compliments, Mr. Topham, and would you step to the door as there's something most important she wants to tell you?' Oh, I loved every syllable that call-boy spoke. There was a giggle behind his voice, too. Old Topham was the butt of every joke. The first call, which had fooled me, must have been from some giddy girl who wanted to guy the old fellow. She had fooled me all right, but this, this one was the real article. There was a pause. Topham must be looking about to be sure things were safe. Then he creaked to the door and shut it carefully behind him. It only took a minute, but in that minute, in that minute, Mag, I had the rose diamond clutched safe in my fingers. I was on the top of the big trunk and out of the window. Oh, the feel of that beautiful thing in my hand! I'd have loved it if it hadn't been worth a penny, but as it was I adored it. I slipped the chain under my collar and the diamond slid down my neck, and I felt it kiss on my skin. I flew down the black corridor, bumping into scenery and nearly tripping two stage carpenters. I heard Ginger, the call boy, ahead of me and dodged behind some properties just in time. He went whistling past, and I got to the stage door. I pulled it open tenderly, cautiously, and turned to shut it after me. And, and something held it open in spite of me. No, no, Mag, it wasn't a man. It was a memory. It rose up there and hit me right over the heart. The memory of Nancy Olden's happiness the first time she'd come in this very door, feeling that she actually had a right to use a stage, entrance, feeling that she belonged she, Nancy, to this wonderland of the stage. You must never tell Tom, Mag, promise. He wouldn't see. He couldn't understand. I couldn't make him know what I felt any more than I'd dare tell him what I did. I shut the door. But not behind me. I shut it on the street, and, Mag, I shut forever another door, too, the old door that opens out on Crooked Street. With my hand on my heart, that was beating as though it would burst, I flew back again through the black corridor, through the wings, and out to Obermuller's office. With both my hands I ripped open the neck of my dress, and pulling the chain with that great diamond hanging to it, I broke it with a tug and threw the whole thing down on the desk in front of him. "'For God's sake!' I yelled. "'Don't make it so easy for me to steal!' I don't know what happened for a minute. I could see his face change half a dozen ways in as many seconds. He took it up in his fingers at last. It swung there at the end of the slender little broken chain like a great drop of shining water, blushing and sparkling and trembling. His hands trembled, too, and he looked up at last from the diamond to my face. "'It's worth at least fifty thousand, you know, valued at that.' I didn't answer. 
He got up and came over to where I had thrown myself on a bench. "'What's the matter, Olden? Don't I pay you enough?' "'I want to see Tom,' I begged. "'It's so long since he—he's up at—at—in the country.' "'Sing Sing?' I nodded. "'You poor little devil!' That finished me. I'm not used to being pitied. I sobbed and sobbed as though some dam had broken inside of me. You see, Mag, I knew in that minute that I'd been afraid, deathly afraid of Fred Obermuller's face, when it's scornful and sarcastic, and of his voice when it cuts the flesh of self-conceit off your very bones. And the contrast, well, it was too much for me. But something came quick to sober me. It was Gray. She stormed in, followed by Lord Harold and Topham and half the company. "'The diamond! The rose diamond!' she shrieked. "'It's gone! And the carpenters say that new girl Olden came flying from the direction of my dressing-room. I'll hold you responsible.' Hush! Obermuller lifted his hands and nodded over toward me. "'Olden!' she squealed. "'Grab her, Topham. I'll bet she stole that diamond and she can't have got rid of it yet.' Topham jumped toward me, but Obermuller stopped him. "'You'd win only half your bet, my lady,' Obermuller said softly. "'She did get hold of the gray rose, worth fifty thousand dollars, in spite of all your precautions.' The world seemed to fall away from me. I looked up at him. I couldn't believe he'd go back on me. "'And she brought it straight to me as I had asked her to, and promised to raise her salary if she'd went out.' for I knew that unless I proved to you it could be stolen, you'd never agree to hire a detective to watch those things, which will get us all into trouble some day. Here, scoot out of this. It's nearly time for your number. He passed the diamond over to her, and they all left the office. So did I, but he held out his hand as I passed. It goes. That about a raise for you, Olden. Now earn it. Isn't he white, Mag? White clean through that big fellow Obermuller. End of chapter five.